question. What image comes to mind when you hear the word homeless? Do you believe it to be solely a big city urban problem? A problem that only affects cities like Los Angeles and New York that have been inundated with panhandlers and tent encampments? What causes one to become houseless? And what strategies should be implemented to assist in helping people achieve and maintain housing stability? And do you believe having access to affordable housing should be a right in this country? Well, you've come to the right place. You're listening to L.A.'s all-new progressive talk radio station of the people, by the people, for the people. It's KBLA Talk 1580, and we've got you covered around the clock. Racism. We don't hate white people. We hate the oppressors, whether he be white, black, brown, or yellow. We got you. Miseducation. We got you. Gun violence. We have you covered. If you're afraid of socialism, you're afraid of yourself. A black-owned and operated evidence-based alternative radio station for progressive, open-minded people like you and me. Welcome home, L.A. We're all in this together. It's KBLA Talk 1580, broadcasting from the heart of L.A.'s Lamert Park. We've got a lot to talk about. You can't do it unless you believe that you can do it. Good afternoon, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. Today is November the 15th, 2022. And I am broadcasting live to you from North Austin, Texas, uh, here in the city of Austin for Afrotech 2022. And it has been a great opportunity to just really see some creative and innovative uh, individuals as they bring their businesses forth, uh, getting an opportunity to watch them pitch to VC Serena Williams. Uh, and several of the other festivities that are going on. But one thing I do know is we have some incredibly smart black and brown folks around Austin, Texas right now. Some of our most brilliant minds are here, and it's a good thing to see. Um, As we go into the crypto conversation today, all the news, all the news is still around the things that are going on with FTX. And this morning, I just happened before I was leaving um, my hotel to go and and partake in the day. I got an opportunity to listen to Charlie Munger. And um, although I'm not going to use any of his quotes for the day, I do want to quote some of the things that Charlie Munger was actually saying. Um, And he's a vice chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, for those of you that don't know. He's a longtime cryptocurrency skeptic, and um, he said that in the past, he said that digital currencies were malicious, a malicious combination of fraud and delusion. And, uh, you know, as I sit back after watching, you know, the first interview, it was on Squawk Box, so I watched it live on Squawk Box. 
And then since then, there are so many different channels that are running his quotes and his words and his sentiments about the cryptocurrency space. And it it became more and more troubling to me um, just thinking back on some of the things that he said. Now, even reading some of what he said, again, while I was watching live on Squawk Box, uh, I'm just really bothered by uh, the fact that you know, he's is equating just some of the things that he's equating Bitcoin to just really uh, are bothering me uh, today, even still this afternoon. And so, you know, while I know that sometimes when people say things out of ignorance, you know, we need to allow them to be. But unfortunately, I feel like uh, his comments are going to persuade individuals that later will have to come around into the realistic, the reality of the truth uh, that Bitcoin is a great technology. Um, you know, he said a couple of things uh, and basically quote unquote said, you know, that Bitcoin is a very, very bad thing. The country didn't need another currency that was good for kidnappers. Well, I remember prior to 14 years ago that kidnappers were utilizing money and uh, they were using money and they could that money could actually be dropped off to them without any type of checks and balances because they couldn't put ink or anything like that on the money because kidnappers would use it, obviously. But unfortunately, um, you know, all the things that he is stating that Bitcoin stands for is what money has stood for in the past, which is why we have, uh, you know, so many things going on right now with people in court for sex trafficking and uh, child pornography. All of those things have been used with just regular everyday money. And I've never saw or heard any of them protesting that a group of individuals, first and foremost, but also they didn't protest money because money is being used, a regular fiat money is being used in that respect. And so I just want to make sure, you know, that all of you, as you're watching uh, CNBC or CNN or any of these stations, that you're really keeping an open mind and understanding that a lot of these people are talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency out of the pure, um, I'm going to say, because I'm not even saying that they're all the way ignorant about what they're saying. I think that they're well-informed, but they also know that it takes the control and the power out of their hands, which is something that they absolutely don't want to see. And the more that they can uh, shed a bad light on the cryptocurrency space or shed a light on uh, Bitcoin specifically, it allows them more time to really try to figure out how to get in front of this thing. And um, that last statement that he said, you know, that people who think they've got to be on every deal that is hot, he thinks that it's totally crazy because they don't care whether it's child prostitution or Bitcoin. And when he made that inference, ladies and gentlemen, I just, my skin crawled because that group of individuals, particularly those individuals um, that are in the know, that have the money, they understand child prostitution and all of those things went on a long, 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 long time prior to Bitcoin even coming on the scene. And money has been used and nobody has denounced any of those situations in such a way that he did with Bitcoin. And so, uh, you know, I'm... 
I am very, very optimistic that one day, very soon, hopefully he's still alive to eat those words. But also, I'm very optimistic and hopeful that our community will begin to listen to the fact that you need to do as they do and not as they say. Because, uh, you know, one of his counterparts uh, has talked bad about Bitcoin, but he is buying Bitcoin as well. And so I want to make sure that we all understand that at some point, uh, Bitcoin is absolutely traceable. That's what the technology is about. It's about being able to trace things, accountability, um, being trustless where you don't have to trust another third party because of the fact that the numbers are the numbers, the facts are the facts, the blockchain does not lie, the blockchain cannot be altered. And so if we look past a lot of things that people are saying that are just really um, not in the know, or even if they are in the know and trying to really hold back and push back on the thing that they know can very well change their wealth and their stability in the very near future, um, if we know that we can just keep an open mind as we go through these times, again, these are uncharted waters, uncharted times. None of us really know exactly uh, where any of this is going to lead us, but what we do know is we cannot continue doing the same thing that we've been doing in the financial industry, expecting different results. So when we come forward, we'll jump into the cryptocurrency conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. Health is... You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, all right. Welcome forward. So we are going to go ahead and do our cryptocurrency quote for the day. It says, I'm much more confident with crypto than with banks or fiat currency because I can actually control it. And the money supply is transparent, stated up front. Eric Voorhees. And I'm feeling the same way today, just feeling really, really great about what is happening in the space uh, because I understand it and I hope that you seek to understand it. And what I'm going to do today is spend a little bit of time talking about the pros and cons of the different wallets. Today is going to be kind of a refresher on wallets. Uh, so that those of you that have your Bitcoin or your cryptocurrency on an exchange can move it uh, off the exchange. Uh, if you don't have the money to buy an actual physical device, I'm going to give you some names of some platforms that you can use. Uh, and we're going to do that today to make sure that everybody is equipped with what they need to move their crypto off the exchange so that they are not ever falling victim to what we just saw. And so the swift and surprising collapse of crypto exchange FTX last week actually continues to send some shockwaves across the cryptocurrency industry. And I'm going to say beyond because Capitol Hill isn't immune from that. Uh, I spent the last 24 hours trying to read up and find out what was going on with a couple of bills that Sam Bankman-Fried was in charge of working with legislature on. And uh, this CEO was, up until last week, a major political donor, as I talked to you about before. He had given $5.2 million, and I did a little bit of digging as to where exactly this money went. 
Um, he gave $5.2 million to the U.S. President Joe Biden's presidential campaign. $5.2 million is a lot of money. And he spent another $40 million supporting mainly Democratic candidates ahead of this midterm election. And so he was an influential figure in Washington, as we know, um, and are well aware. But uh, this gentleman not only was a influential figure, anytime anybody wanted to know about the cryptocurrency space or had questions, they called him in along with Brian Armstrong and a couple of other ones. And we, I'm talking about those individuals that are boots on the ground in the community had actually called up to the politicians to find out why they had these individuals speaking for our demographics when we are capable of speaking for our demographics ourselves. And what we also found out was that he was meeting with regulators and lawmakers uh, weighing in on how the cryptocurrency industry should actually be regulated as a whole. He was very vocal and he was a supporter of one particular bill. Now, this bill was a bipartisan Digital Commodities Consumer Protection Act. And again, it was bipartisan, and it was called the Digital Commodities Consumer Protection Act. And it is still a, a bill that is in progress and is backed by uh, Senate Agricultural Committee Chairwoman Senator Debbie uh, stab now is how you pronounce it, I believe. Um, and she is one of the ranking members, along with Senator John Boozman. And he is in Arkansas. Debbie is in Michigan. And this year, um, when this gentleman was donating all of these funds, I guess the question now becomes if these two um, senators, are going to continue to push with the bill. And they actually said that they were going to continue pushing with the bill. And as much as I could tell, he gave 26600 to Stab Now, and he gave 8700 to Boozman. And in June, he donated 16600 to Senator Christian Gilbrand of New York, who signed on to the bill in September. And in 2021, he donated $5,700 to Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey. And he was another co-sponsor of the bill. And so, you know, we've always known that money talks. And um, this bill that is coming out has been signed. And, and as I can tell right now, no one is backing down from it. It's still in progress. I'm saying sign, but they signed on to co-sign to actually sponsor it. And so uh, that bill actually sits at the intersection of the uh, the questions that are now being faced with in this cryptocurrency industry, which is why FTX collapsed and how uh, they can actually prevent this from being repeated with anybody else. And I want to interject right here. I want to interject right here that you all, ladies and gentlemen, can definitely prevent yourselves from having or being a part of anything like this by holding your own coin, holding your own private keys. But FTX was a centralized exchange, and we've gone over and over the difference between decentralization and centralization, and FTX was a centralized platform. 
and in that centralized platform, that gave one person, because uh, he didn't even have a board or anything like that, it gave him the autonomy to do what he wanted to do. But again, if you hold your own private keys and you hold your own wallets, you are in control and this can be prevented. It is 100% can be prevented. So um, it was a single point of failure. And that it did. It failed indeed. And seemingly because of the choices that this gentleman made about this cryptocurrency ecosystem. And I think um, many crypto purists, uh, which I would kind of consider myself being on the other hand, argue that this is a moment to double down on crypto's original origin and story. And I agree with that. We have got to go back and look at why cryptocurrencies is even in existence. And uh, this DCCPA bill will undermine everything that cryptocurrency actually stands for, which is decentralization, distributed ledgers, being able to do peer-to-peer, -peer, cutting out the middleman, all of those things. And so uh, as we move forward, you know, I was asked the question yesterday while I was on stage at Afrotech as to what I felt about regulation coming. And I've always been very vocal in saying we need some regulation, but we don't need rulers. And so um, regulation is absolutely needed in this wild, wild west, specifically for things such as this. I wish that we can make the exchanges do exactly what I already do. And that's when people buy Bitcoin, give them their Bitcoin. Do not custody it. I don't think anybody should be allowed to hold anybody's cryptocurrency because when human uh, greed gets in place, they try to figure out a way to parlay it and use it in lieu of uh, having to give it back. And when they have to give it back, they figure they'll just figure it out at that particular time. And so I think it's critically important that we do something at the onset that's different. And since I would be the only exchange in the world right now that does business the way that I do it, I just think it would be a great model to actually look at when people are buying this volatile asset Allow them to hold it themselves. Do not allow people to be gatekeepers and keep hold of people's crypto. Take advantage of people's cryptocurrency. Take advantage of people and make money hand over fist and then hand them back a little bit of a percentage of what's being made. Uh, I just really feel like that is a major, major uh, downfall in this industry. And I think that, um, you know, moving forward, uh, I'm just praying that we're able to get enough of the word out uh, to move people's crypto from the exchanges to their personal wallet. But in doing that, I think, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to see a lot more of these exchanges collapse, not because they did the wrong thing with the money, but because if people are holding their own funds, if people are holding their own Bitcoin, their own cryptocurrency, then the liquidity issue becomes a non-issue, and it, it it really reduces the need for a lot of the exchanges that we currently have out there right now. I also did some research and found out that there are 43,300 exchanges out there, and my exchange is not even listed as one because I don't go on CoinMarketCap and, and, and list myself, 
Um, but there are 43,000 of these exchanges out there. And if 43,000 of these exchanges are even doing a little bit of what Sam Bankman-Free was doing, um, the industry itself is not in trouble, but those individuals who have left their funds on these exchanges are in trouble. And so I got to make sure that everybody is really clear on the fact that the industry is not bankrupt, even though we're still hearing the same thing again today. Uh, and there's, you know, there's just a lot of uncertainty and doubt around the whole industry. We just got to stay diligent. We got to stay vigilant. We got to watch. Um, we've got to really pay attention to what matters. And um, as we're looking at prices and value, because value is what you actually are paying for when you are investing in this new technology. And I know a lot of people are starting to say the technology is what they disguised this Bitcoin stuff or this cryptocurrency stuff as. And I, the technology is phenomenal. This technology is not just about Bitcoin and about money. This technology is about uh, just really making changes where changes need to be made around centralization. Uh, and I know that there is so much money, ladies and gentlemen, and I mean so much money right now being pushed towards the healthcare part of blockchain technology, which again has absolutely nothing to do with Bitcoin, but it is definitely blockchain and blockchain technology that is going to catapult those things. And so as we go into the future, as we look into the future and we're understanding the power of blockchain technology, we then understand the power of Bitcoin specifically, we understand the power of healthcare, the power of uh, just having information and knowledge where it is safe and uh, that the information that can be trusted and not just told to us. And so I'm just continuing to, uh, you know, stay steadfast. And it's not because I have a, a point to make or anything like that. And I want to be clear about that. This is a quest to make a change, a change for the better for our community, a change for our finances. We are headed in a negative net worth trajectory as a community, and there is nothing that you can show or see that is currently available to us in this financial system in old money that is going to close the wealth gap, period. There's nothing. Even if you had a ton of houses for the most part, the ton of houses would help you and your family specifically. But for a community of people, a group of individuals, a uh, even a region of people, it's impossible to do it with uh, someone owning a certain amount of properties. It just does not happen. And I really feel so strongly that Bitcoin and everybody being able to obtain it, everybody being able to put their hands on it and to have a little bit of it is going to help them close their individual wealth gap uh, more than we ever know right now. Because again, right now, it's not, I'm not talking about right now, especially right now with the price of Bitcoin being around 16000 And we'll take a look at the market report in a little while. But I really feel like us just holding and having what is going to be needed in the very near future. Money is changing. The way that we go to work is changing. The way cars are run is changing. Um, electricity and all of the things that are being required, all of those things are changing. Everything around us is changing. So why shouldn't we be changing the way that we think about money? Why shouldn't we be thinking or changing 
the way that we think about every single thing in our lives. And we've got to really buckle down, family, and uh, figure out what's important to us. And if if leaving a legacy is important to you, and I'm going to say that life is absolutely short, I just, um, you know, cannot reiterate that uh, enough, that life is short. And it's not about what you, uh, oh, man, it's, 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 just, it's, it's just so short. And I say that because I just... Um, just got off of a conversation uh, with a widow, my sister-in-law, and just really understanding the impact that we need to be making as a people, as a a community, for those that we leave behind, a legacy. And right now is the time. There's no better time than now for you to put your best foot forward and do something a little bit different than you've done in the past because this is our time. It is our turn. It's our community's turn to win. As I sit here in Texas, as I look at steel, even though Texas seems, uh, Austin specifically, seems to be a little bit more progressive, I see so many things that let us know that we have got to be in control of our money. The still the way that people talk, the way that people act, the prejudice that they have, uh, we have really got to do some things in the next five to 10 years to move the needle. And if we have our finances in place, I just really feel like everything will be in our favor, finally. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, when we come back after traffic, sports, and news, we will jump into the market report and we will get into the cryptocurrency conversation further. We've got a lot to talk about. This is KBLA Talk We don't try to be all things to all people. We just remain true to who we are. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. We're not ratings driven. We're engagement driven. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. We are getting into. Um, our wallets. Um, we're going to talk about wallets in just a second. We are definitely going to talk about uh, which wallets are best, the pros and cons of the different wallets, because I understand that there are some of you that have been listening to me, but you are still entrusted your hard-earned Bitcoin or cryptocurrency with these exchanges. And I will tell you, when they shut you down or shut you out, 
There is no way for you to get any customer service first and foremost. And there is absolutely no way for you to get your Bitcoin or cryptocurrency off these exchanges once something goes down. So our market report today, Bitcoin right now as we speak is trading at 16,842. It is up 0.28% from yesterday, one well, one hour ago, and up 2.9% from 24 hours ago. But as of seven days ago, it's down 8.3%. And so it's still... Uh, again, it's trading sideways, and we had expected this, and I'm going to continue to say expect this trading sideways all the way through Christmas because everyone is trying to figure out who they believe, who they don't believe, who they trust, who they don't trust, and so it's imperative that we as a community just really stay steadfast. Uh, and just continue to purchase our Bitcoin a little bit at a time and not really worry about the price. But the price right now is at $16,800, which means it is um, it is down. And I say it's on sale because it's, it's, it's not where we ha- were at a little bit earlier in the crypto winter. It's about $2,000 less. And the volatility is going to continue. So the volatility isn't going anywhere. And I want to make sure that Everyone is clear on that. And then we have Ethereum. Ethereum right now is trading at $1,246 as we speak. It is down 0.35% in the last hour. In the last 24 hours, it is up 1.8%. And in the last seven days, it is actually down only 5.6%. So some would say and some would wonder if Ethereum is a better buy than Bitcoin. And I am going to say I am still a firm believer that if you're buying Ethereum, you're buying it to support a program or a project. And if you're buying Bitcoin, you're buying it for your future financial stability. So I would say hang in there. As it relates to several of these other cryptocurrencies, that are out there. I'm looking at XRP. It is up. Uh, it's 38 cent, but it's up 0.34% as we are talking here today. And over the last uh, 24 hours, it's up 4.1%. And over the last seven days, it is actually down 3.95%. Cardano is also up to 33 cent. It's up 0.26%. In the last hour, the last 24 hours, it is up 2.9%. In the last seven days, it is also down substantially, which is 9.15%. And so we've got to really, again, um, you got to know what the market is doing so that you can follow it, but you don't have to be stressed out about it because it is doing what it's going to do. Bitcoin is finding its way, and a lot of the other uh, cryptocurrencies, in my opinion, are still pretty much tied to Bitcoin. When Bitcoin is doing well, so are they. When Bitcoin is doing or going down, so are they as well. Coins like Shiba Inu are down, as well as Dogecoin is down. And no matter um, what we are, what we're doing in this space, we always want to do our due diligence. For those of you that want to actually research each and every one of these coins, please go to CoinMarketCap. 
You're going to click on the actual coin that you want to investigate. You're going to go in and take a look at all the charts. You're going to look at the website that was actually created for the particular coin. You're going to do your due diligence as to who created it, who owns it, who's the CEO, who's the CTO. Have they been a part of any other failed projects? And I want to stop right there and say because a project has someone on board that has been a part of a failed project does not mean that they are not a good person or a good company because companies fail all the time. It's just them picking themselves back up and doing the right thing and making sure that, again, our dollars are not being used in the wrong uh, areas, are not being used against our will or something of that sort, uh, which is what we're seeing in the market today. So do your due diligence. Please always do your due diligence. Uh, Don't just take my word for it. Don't take anybody's word for it. Do your due diligence. And then we get into wallets. So why am I talking about wallets? Because I am begging our community to make sure that they are taking their cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, off of the exchanges. Now, um, one of the things that I do want to clear up because someone asked the question of me, is cryptocurrency different from Bitcoin? Cryptocurrency is an asset class or category. It's an asset category. Bitcoin falls under cryptocurrency. So the reason why we say Bitcoin is different from cryptocurrency is because it has different functions uh, than other coins. And so, but I personally feel like it's just one of the over, um, one of the over 21,750 coins that are out there. And it is, um, it is a coin that was designed for money transactions. There are some other coins that have a different type of utility. So is it cryptocurrency? Yes. Is it in a class of its own? The answer to that is yes as well. So as we talk about wallets, again, there are, in my opinion, there are five categories of wallets. So if you haven't caught this in the past, you're going to hear it today. This is kind of a short recap of my whole wallet presentation. And I'm going to do that so that you all will understand. I call a burning hot wallet a wallet that the exchanges have. And I say it's burning hot because you never really want to be there and stay there because if you stay there, you'll get burned, which is what happened this week. So a burning hot wallet is an exchange wallet. That would be your Coinbase. That would be your um, well, it wouldn't be your Coinbase. So let me back up. It would be your Webull, W-E-B-U-L-L, would be your burning hot wallet. It would be your Robinhood. They would be a burning hot wallet. It would be your SoFi. They are a burning hot wallet. Why is it burning hot? Because you are going to get burned. They own your crypto. They own your keys. They own your seed words. They own and control your coin, not your keys, not your coin. So that is burning hot. You have no access to it until you log into their site and ask them permission to move it or to sell it or do whatever. But in the interim, it sits on their platform, just like FTX, and you allow them to do whatever they want to do with it, but they don't allow you to take it and put it into your wallet. And so that is why I call it burning hot. And then you actually have a hot wallet. 
Now, FTX was a hot wallet. Coinbase is a hot wallet. Binance, Gemini, Cash App, Black Wall Street wallet, those are hot wallets. Why are they hot wallets, ladies and gentlemen? Because they are custodial wallets. That means they have custody of your Bitcoin. Now, again, you can buy from them and then at a later date, move your Bitcoin or your cryptocurrency to another platform. But at the onset, I need to be clear that those are hot wallets because, again, they control your Bitcoin, not you. And so we want to move you from that place to the next. And that next place is what I call a warm wallet. A warm wallet is software that you can download on your phone, which means you're halfway online and you're halfway offline, and that is a warm wallet. Wallets that I've used in the past that I trust wholeheartedly, and you don't even really have to trust them at this point because you get your own private keys, which is beautiful. But those wallets include Edge Wallet. I have been rocking with Edge Wallet for years. I've never had one person call me and tell me they've got any type of uh, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency missing from Edge Wallet. There's also a wallet called Trust Wallet. Trust Wallet is great. There's Abra, A-B-R-A, Abra as well. There is also Blue Wallet uh, that you can utilize as well. And then you also have Exodus Wallet. All of these wallets are good, and there's more wallets than this, but these are just some of the ones that I've used, I know, and I trust. And uh, we've had no incidents with these wallets. And so you want to make sure that if you don't have initial funds right now to buy an actual cold wallet that I'm going to talk about right now, that you at least go to your app store and download one of these free wallets and move your cryptocurrency there. So let's just say you've been dollar cost averaging with me on the Black Wall Street wallet all these months. You have Bitcoin that's just sitting on the Black Wall Street wallet. I am telling you today that it is important that when you get to a certain amount of Bitcoin, whatever your risk tolerance is, um, that you move it to a, a warm wallet. Again, a downloadable app. So let's just say you've been dollar cost averaging with me and now you're up to, I don't know, you're comfortable with leaving $1,000 worth of Bitcoin on an exchange. And if you lost $1,000, it wouldn't be a big deal. But if you lose that $1,000, it would be a huge deal to you. Then that is the time that you need to move it to another wallet, a warm wallet. So if that amount looks like $500 before you're uncomfortable or $300 and then you become uncomfortable, then you move it to your wallet based on your uh, level of being comfortable. So for some people, they may want to leave it there till it reaches $2,000 or $5,000. Who knows? But whatever makes you feel uncomfortable, that is the time that you need to think or consider moving to an actual warm wallet device if you don't have a cold storage device. The pros and cons of having a warm wallet is if you lose your phone, you can always reconciliate. That means you can always get a new cell phone and download the app, and then you can utilize 
your seed words or your mnemonic phrases or whatever you have set up on there to actually get back in the wallet. And that would be uh, one of the good parts because just because you lose your cell phone and those apps are on there does not mean that you lose your cryptocurrency. Um, one of the um, the next category would be uh, our what we call cold storage, cold wallets. And that's going to be where you're actually purchasing hardware. Hardware such as a ledger or a trezor. Uh, both of those pieces of hardware are about the size of your thumb. And you can put it in your purse, your safe deposit box. You get your private keys. And when we come forward, we're going to talk about uh, what you do not need or what you do need um, when you're when you do have one of those devices on hand to be secure. And so a lot of people think it's the actual device. But when we come forward, we're going to talk about how to keep yourself safe with a cold storage device from bad actors. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Public health. Now, now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, let's pick up where we left off talking about uh, cold wallet devices. And so most people have a misconception that if you have a cold wallet device, again, it's an actual physical device the size of your thumb or it looks like a thumb drive. If you have that um, hardware in your possession, that there is no way that anybody can hack or steal or take away your cryptocurrency. That is far from the truth. And the reason I say that is because that device is not the most important thing. Your seed words are the most important things. Now, again, a seed word is 12 to 24 words that are random. Those words look like tape, tree, um, I'm trying to think, wood, compute. Uh, they're all short words, and they're in a certain chronological order. And so you get these words. These words are generated when you're setting up your actual physical device. Let's just say someone breaks into your home. Unfortunately, I hate to use these illustrations, but someone breaks into your home and they take your ledger wallet. That's the thumb drive. They pick it up. They put it in their pocket. They're gone. Can they get access to your Bitcoin? The answer is no. But if they break into your house, and they get your seed words, and they're smart enough to know what these 12 or 24 words actually are, they can take those seed words, they can order another device, and when they're setting up that new device, it will ask them if this is a new ledger or if this is an existing ledger. If they click existing ledger, it then asks them for their 24 words. Then they're going to put them in, tape, seed, woods, um, compute, and they're going to put all these words in in chronological order, and that will give them access to your Bitcoin or your cryptocurrency. So it is imperative as you get this actual device, which you do need the device, you need the device, um, 
but you need to also understand which is the most important of the two because you can go with just your C words and never have a ledger device for a very long time and then get one and then reconciliate and make, uh, you know, get into your wallet very easily. So the device is not, it's important to get and get started, but you don't have to necessarily babysit the device as much as we thought initially. And I was one of those people that thought that you had to have this specific ledger with these words to make these things. And it doesn't work like that. It is your C words that are critically important that you keep secret and to yourself. And so um, as we are learning, of course, and getting rid of a lot of the misconceptions, you need to know that. And not only that, if you have 12 or 24 C words that you find or that somebody has taken from you, you don't even need a ledger device. There's other devices that you can actually buy and or you can create your own wallet and then still have access using these seed words. Um, and so as we move forward, we are going to uh, do our daily dollar cost average. There was one other wallet that I wanted to talk about, which is the ice cold wallet, which is the Bitcoin ATM machine wallets that get uh, come out. Uh, maybe we'll continue the conversation um, tomorrow, but we're going to move forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Children. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. Well, I have a big announcement that I want to make before we take out our Black Wall Street wallet and do our daily dollar cost average. You know, I say a DCA a day keeps poverty away, and I'm excited about that. I had a long talk last night with philanthropist, father, uh, tech founder, uh, award-winning author, actor, Hill Harper, and he is and has had his last filming for this season on The Good Doctor, and he will be off till after Thanksgiving, and he has shared with us that he'll be with us a couple of times moving forward. So I'm excited about having Hill Harper on to talk with you all about cryptocurrency as we move into the new phase of things that are happening specifically in the awareness of cryptocurrency in the black and brown community where we're making a real huge effort and push to make sure that we are in the know. So uh, please uh, stay tuned for that. And I'm excited about being able to announce that because I've been waiting for him to finish filming so we can get him on more to talk about some of the things that are uh, important to our community. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please take out your Black Wall Street wallet and we are going to click on the purple circle in the middle and we are going to uh, click on buy asset. That asset is Bitcoin or Satoshi's. Satoshi is the smallest increment of a Bitcoin, like a penny is the smallest increment of a dollar. And we are now going to click on $6 and continue. And voila, we are going to, I put it in my, I can't forget to say that, I put it in my wallet that's designated for KBLA Talk 1580, our experiment to see where we are in a year. And so I'm doing that $6 every single day. And we just bought our Bitcoin at $16,000. $884, just $6 worth is all we're doing. 
And I just want to thank you for rocking with me on Ahead of the Crypto Curve today. Again, live to you from Austin, Texas, here at Afrotech 2022. We are making way for the D.L. Hughley Show. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I am so looking forward to being back in Los Angeles tomorrow as we continue our quest to understand cryptocurrency and how we can change the financial trajectory of our community forever. My name is Naja Roberts, and the name of the show is Ahead of the Crypto Curve. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Have a KBLA good day. 1580 Santa Monica.